Welcome to Machine Learning. So, as I look, think about uh, bird species, you know, look at the different features, attributes, characteristics, descriptions, uh, measurements, and, you know, put those together into certain features list, and then you can label that out uh, to a specific type of uh, bird as an output. So, um, so you might, uh, uh, a bird might have a certain beak size, a certain weight, color, um, uh, location, and then from that you could classify, based on those descriptive attributes, what the bird is, what species the bird is. And uh, the way to do that is to use a neural net. Uh, you could use a TensorFlow neural net, a PyTorch. And from what I understand from an, one of the authors of a book, he said that uh, I was asking him whether or not his book would help me identify or uh, build PyTorch models for business. And he said that uh, TensorFlow would definitely, he, he, his book was written on TensorFlow, but he, he said that uh, TensorFlow would definitely help uh, in the understanding of PyTorch. And so he was pretty pleased with PyTorch, but the the flagship uh, neural net that he used was TensorFlow. So that's got me a little curious now if uh, uh, the TensorFlow matrices uh, that we learned about in uh, uh, DataCap would be able to be used um, very universally. Maybe I've got, I was thinking about investing in a PyTorch because it's not so heavy in terms of the API and you're getting more low level with the uh, with the, 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 the neural net where uh, you're, you're looking at the weights on the neural net and how they're changing and uh, and you're setting up your layers and your forward pass and, and then your loss function and your backward pass the prop uh, back air propagation and it was it's pretty straightforward it's easy to construct your network and and uh, use sequential and your activation functions and your pulling functions so forth um, but I I'm kind of like now starting to wonder uh, if uh, in order to do uh, classification and get the accuracy um, that uh, maybe the neural net, the TensorFlow neural net might be good enough. Well, um, and uh, one of the things that's really powerful about neural nets is that uh, you can have lots of features. And so this, uh, the world of deep learning uh, becomes uh, important as you're you're trying to identify a particular classification using a neural net, and so based on uh, you know you, we've we've talked about how to do use neural nets with convolution neural nets and uh, convolution 1D and 2D, and now just looking at uh, basic TensorFlow matrices, setting those up. Uh, and then, you know, setting up a series of inputs, um, or array of inputs that uh, basically re represent either a, a zero or a one. So if they have that attribute, it'd be a one. If they don't have that attribute, then it'd be zero. And then flattening that, that out. And so you'd have a large number of features um, 
and then that's being fed into your your neural net, and then you're getting uh, you're getting a a output uh, based on on a um, species, and so the I you know maybe the the thing is is to learn about the the network design particular what they were doing with the network design and then it, whether you use PyTorch or Keras or uh, TensorFlow um, is just to adapt to the to the network design. Well um, again you know it if there's a large number of people that are are going to be uh, you uh, be replaced by robots in their workforce. It could start very simply by emergency personnel. Uh, for example, what if you have a drone and the drone is uh, capable, quadcopters capable of carrying equipment, personnel, and it's autonomous. So it, it uh, um, receives its instructions, it uh, flies, automatically so you don't have to pay for a pilot it flies automatically to the crash site figures out how to land the the vehicle and then you can pick up the injured personnel get into the quadcopter and it can fly you to the hospital and uh, you know if it suppose it could uh, uh, you see it almost like a lifelight feature you know it could move you quickly from one area to another um, you know, even even better would be to have a complete automated system where the person's uh, put on a the uh, hot, the medical bed, and uh, and then the machine um, pulls the person in, monitors all their health conditions, give them the medications that they need. Um, and then securely flies the the individual uh, or individuals. Let's say maybe there there's a possibility that there could be more than one injured individual. Flies them to the hospital for emergency personnel to to handle. And so um, the the two factors that would be um, readily available because of the system would be efficiency they would be able to have a large database to analyze from to know what medications to give um, and they could be monitoring in real time the person's uh, biostats and uh, and that, that information could be in constant feed stream to the emergency personnel at the hospital and so you maybe you could give the AI uh, let's say doctor capability so it's like having a doctor on site uh, making decisions and it's a trusted system so you don't have the stratification of certifications of individuals and their capabilities uh, so you replace that capability with the machine and the AI and it's making uh, decisions based on statistical probabilities or it could be making decisions based kind of like the, the neural machine translation. It's uh, uh, making 
decisions based on what other doctors have done in that situation and then deciding uh, action or action courses that are, are best uh, and possibly maybe uh, learning. And so that, you know, it's in simulation or through adverse uh, networks, it's learning and uh, being presented with all the different uh, medical scenarios that could be occurring uh, for personnel at the, uh, um, um, at the at the damage site, so accident site, and that would then give the machine the advantage because now you're you've given uh, a very high degree of quality and capability to the machine uh, to act for the the patient. And so now, let's say that. Uh, if you're taking statistically the number of accidents that occur uh, each year and um, then reduce the amount of time that it takes to get the person to the hospital and in these emergency situations uh, where there's you know it's life-threatening and uh, and you know quicker assessments quicker uh, analysis of the data, uh, better decisions, and let's say it improves the uh, chance of survival. Then the, and also because, you know, you're not having to fight congestion or moving emergency personnel in congested areas at high speeds, at high risk, um, you're, you're reducing the amount of staff required to respond to emergencies. You know, and it looks like in some ways uh, you could apply that to firefighting too. If there was an emergency, you could have a, an AI drone fly to the spot, make the assessment. Uh, it could have equipment where it could connect up to hoses, to uh, uh, high pressure water, and it could then fly to the spot uh, with where the fire is or you can assess whether there's chemicals, hazardous chemicals. Um, it could uh, do thermal scans. It could figure out from the city plans uh, where all the natural gas lines are, water lines are, what the risks are to those, uh, those uh, potential resources. And so you can see that uh, the the this idea of using drones is, is going to be really popular and the co combination of expert systems uh, with the drones is going to make it more useful and uh, increase capability so it's you know there, I think that there was a time where you could be skeptical about uh, the technology whether or not the technology was uh, adequate would have made mistakes but at the same time you cannot uh, ignore the fact that the technology is performing at very high levels of proficiency and even at higher levels of capability than existing staff and so at that point uh, it's, it becomes like playing against a, you know, a chess master at first you know machine beat you and then after a little while you're going to find 
uh, techniques and ways to beat the machine. So it's possible that you can beat the machine, but you're going to have to work really hard. And uh, and on the average, maybe uh, only a few people could uh, outperform the machine when it came to certain uh, d decision making and procedures. And uh, and those are going to be uh, learning experiences, and so that that should be a part of the machine's uh, uh, feedback is to learn uh, from individuals that could make better decisions than it can and learn from them. Always reminds me of kind of that Star Trek episode where, you know, it was kind of like a reinforcement learning episode, but uh, Riker goes down on some strange world and, and uh, somehow they've activated this... Uh, this machine and it's, it's basically uh, it was being uh, advertised as the, the future machine uh, for warfare because it could learn in each and it could build new models and it could adapt to whatever sophistication that the enemy had and you know it was basically a sales presentation and Picard eventually realizes that and tells the machine that he doesn't want to make a purchase and, and then to shut down, and it does. But but up to that point is each generation, they had phasers, and they were able to, you know, knock it out. And uh, eventually, uh, the machine adapted to and figured out what the phaser energy was, and it, it built a de uh, deflector shield uh, modulated its deflector shield so that it stopped the, the phaser fire from destroying its uh, apparatus. And, and so then they had to hit it, they had to modulate their own frequencies and do some clever tricks to, to keep uh, a little bit ahead of the machine. But it kept, it was uh, learning and adapting fast, uh, very fast, and so each generation was getting better. And that's what I think will happen with drones. Uh, you know, at first, you know, there's going to be potential m mistakes, and uh, there's going to be things that uh, didn't quite work right. But uh, um, eventually, the procedures and stuff will be discovered and learned, and uh, the engineers will adapt it, and uh, the the. Uh, emergency personnel delivery system will become um, a method for the future and so it's going to be kind of something maybe from a sci-fi movie where you see a, a quadcopter fly up and you know it'll be cool when it opens its doors but you know how how shocking will it be where there's no personnel there but uh you know it has a, a a stretcher that you know moves out to the location and uh, and then uh, puts the person onto the stretcher, and then uh, returns back to the base uh, or to the quadcopter, and then flies to the to the station uh, or to the hospital. So you can see that these are almost like uh, something that you could write a novel with, but. Uh, these are times where novels uh, are not necessarily 
uh, non-reality, but they they reflect the reality of a few a world that is moving towards automation. 